0: I'm Will Young, and I have worked in several different job environments ranging from lawn care to corporate sales. I have graduated from Indiana Wesleyan University with two majors in marketing and administration, and you're listening to the Young-Blooded Podcast, a 30-minute to one-hour audio experience teaching you how to start a side hustle or advance your career through actionable steps and real-life stories from experienced business owners and investors. Please enjoy the truths, mistakes, and laughs of the Young Blooded podcast experience. Hello, Young Bloods, and welcome back to another amazing episode here on the Young Blooded podcast. Super excited today to bring on Dennis Barry, as he is a um, actually he does quite a few things. Um, he's got a coaching firm, as well as he's you know run a, a multi million dollar coin selling side hustle uh, that he didn't intend to grow that large, and a lot of other things that we've talked about here before the podcast. So pretty exciting to see. Uh, Dennis Barry's success and his many years in the coaching industry, and we'd love to learn you know, some value adds as we can from him. Um, He's a lot to say on just getting started and, and kind of aligning yourself to uh, really work towards a consistent goal and, and make your dreams happen. So super cool to have Dennis Barry on today, and I would really love to uh, just kind of give him that introduction so that he can lay down the platform of all the value we're going to add
1: today. Awesome, Bill. What a great intro, and that's so important is uh, to really just get started you know, how you said that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, a lot of people think, uh, oh, well, I'm going to learn this and then I'm going to get started. But the way it works is really, let's get started and then I'm going to learn. Because oh, that's always how yeah. it works. You know, we think, oh, I need to know everything before I get to the top because I'll never get there. But the truth is, by the time you get to the top, everything will have changed. It won't mm-hmm. even look the same. So yeah. just start and figure it out along the way. It's the best way to go.
0: Yeah, I saw a quote the other day on LinkedIn. It was like incremental progress is much better than uh, suspended perfection or something like that. So like if you take a while and try to do the perfect thing and it never actually ends up working out or you try it once or twice and it doesn't or you're just consistently failing, like even though it's failing, you're still learning a lot more and building a lot more of that wall to to success. 100%.
1: 100%. And it's yeah. important to remember <laughs> when we look at our billionaire success models that we see on there, Bezos, Elon Musk, uh, Oprah, whoever your person is. Right. Uh, you know, we have to remember Amazon, who owns, you know, a good chunk of the world now, started <laughs> as a used bookstore in Jeff Bezos' garage, you yeah. know, almost 30 years ago. So, it's not an overnight thing. You know, now he owns towns full of servers and he's putting the United States Postal Service out of business. And he crazy doing he bought whole foods, you know, and it started by selling used books on a website, right? We never know where life is going to go, but you just start and then figure it out afterwards.
0: No, 100%. And so I guess to give, you know, your words more validity here for the rest of the podcast, I guess I would really like to just kind of give you a couple minutes to explain how, how you got started, because we talked a little bit before on the podcast about how you had some accidental success, but I'm sure that there was some planned success as well in there, um, with, with side hustles and entrepreneurs, uh, or or entrepreneurs specifically. So if you could go ahead and share a couple of those things, or maybe just kind of how you got to, to where you are today, you know, we'd, we'd love to kind of hear that.
1: Sure. Uh, I was very fortunate enough to, uh, have two seven figure businesses and, um, You know, I want to start by, I always preempt that by saying, I also had a number of failed businesses. And that's important because we don't always succeed in everything, but as long as we're trying, then we're going to get somewhere. If we're not trying, we're not going to get anywhere. So it's important to note that. And you know, I used to have a catering company. Uh, I had, and this was over 20 years ago, I had a, I was a personal trainer for a little while. And I started a business called Culinary Fitness, where I would teach people how to cook and then how to exercise. And uh, But it it was failing. So I started selling coins on eBay and rare coins, precious metals, silver and gold. And this was about this was like in 2005. Mm. And it was just to supplement my income because I was going broke and getting credit card debt with my other two side hustles. And I was also coaching at that time, too. I started coaching. But I wasn't making a lot of money. There was like some gaps in my business knowledge, namely marketing at the time. And uh, so I started just selling coins on eBay. I would buy coins on eBay and then I would get them and just turn them around and sell them for a higher amount. And mm-hmm. I started making a little bit here and a little bit there. And within a year, I borrowed some money from my brother, who is a head funder, and he lent me some money. And so I could have an inventory because you need an inventory to sell stuff. Yep. And uh so I bought an inventory and within a year, I was selling a quarter million a month on wow. eBay within a year. Uh, and that went on for a number of years. It changed my life. I made a lot of money. I started traveling. It, it was just a it was a great way to live. And then. Um, but one thing that I didn't learn was marketing, because on eBay, there's a 100 million people. They do the marketing. Mm-hmm. So I, I learned everything about business and customer service and e-commerce and merchant accounts and all different types of business aspects, but I didn't know marketing. So I started working for a, a couple marketing companies to really learn the ins and outs of that. Mm-hmm. And it's important to know that we want to constantly be expanding our knowledge. And, you know, Gary V talks all the time. It's like your 20s are really for building. If you're in your 20s and you think, oh, my God, I'm so far behind, I'm never going to learn anything. Remember, if you're 22 years old, you still have 78 years left, 78 years. So it's important to know, even if you're 30, you still have 70 years left. You haven't failed. You're learning. So take what you've learned and start what you think is going to be the next big thing and figure it out along the way. Now, uh, I've also been able to pivot a number of different directions because once you start building success, Success like breeds success, Mm -hmm. you know, and so but we need to make that start, and that start means showing up on social media, posting, getting there early, um, comment, engaging with other people. A lot of people think when you talk about social media, I'm going to put up this post and make a million (laughs) dollars. No, well, when you put up a post, it establishes you as whatever it is you want to be established as, and then you go and engage with people and you become. Uh, partners with them. Right. And you build relationships with people because people do business with who they know, like, and trust. And nobody's going to do business with you if they don't even know you. So mm-hmm. we just start building relationships, and that takes time. And that, those are things I've learned in business along the way. It's not about sales, it's about relationships. The sales follow the relationships.
0: Right. And I think the relationships are really reflective of your lifestyle, too. So if you want to form the right relationships, you almost have to be living that business type lifestyle. Because I guess I kind of relate it to sports and the fact that we're like, you can make a really cool catch or a really game great gaming shot. But I mean, if you don't have the consistency in the practice and things like that, those larger opportunities that you took advantage of are just going to fall to the wayside when you know it's crunch time and in future games. Same thing in business, right? Like if you have a really good deal that goes well, or you, you know, you work at a a job that you're not really learning much, but you're making a good amount of money. You're not full on successful yet, right? Like you've done some good stuff, but I would say to have that continuous success and meet the right people and continue to grow and learn like you're talking about, it's really important to kind of be fully developed within that lifestyle because then you can begin to notice like eight, 10, 10 hour days, whatever you're working on, you're, you're just kind of going towards that goal of of what you're trying to work on, as well as living the lifestyle that you wanted to live, but you're setting an example for others and yourself as well in that process simultaneously. So what I've noticed with myself is like, while I'm posting on social media and doing this podcast and doing other side hustles and preneurs and things like that, it's really important for me to to close those gaps as well and live the lifestyles in between the content creation so that I can further support the integrity behind those posts, if that makes sense. Um, but I guess yeah. that's kind of how I would sum it up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> really well said. I mean, that was really great and very articulate. Thank and um, it's important. Remember, people are scrolling through over 300 feet. 300 feet. I've of never content. heard it that way.
0: That's, that's impressive. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 300 feet of content on their phone every single day. So in order to be uh, noticed, recognized, trusted, liked, even mm-hmm. known, uh you need to be uh one compelling They're like what is going to say what's going to make them stop scrolling that's your right. goal is to stop them from scrolling so what's going to make that happen and if they even if they do it once that's not enough they need to see it consistently like if you see a commercial let, let's go to marketing principles the average person needs to see something between 4 and 7 times before they'll make a buying decision mm, and even yeah. then even after they make a decision that this is something I'm interested in, it might take another four or seven times. Yeah. So uh, we need to be consistently, like you said, consistently in front of them with a message that's going to get to them and make them want to make that purchase decision. Yeah. And-, and you mentioned Gary V too. And he's talks like, for
0: example, with him, when I first saw him, it was like, who is this guy? You know, I, I didn't really like him that much. And I like some of the stuff he said, I didn't really agree with. And then I was like, you know, he is just kind of doing his thing. So I guess I'll, I'll watch a few more. So I started listening to some of his podcasts and getting more in depth. And I was like, this guy's really cool. He's got a good message and he's being positive and he's getting a lot done. And he's a super successful business owner. So I can't hate on him. You know what I mean? But like, if I had just seen him that one time scrolling and he didn't post anymore, I'd still be like, screw this guy. You know, I don't need to listen to him. So yeah, it's really important to get those multiple touches in for sure.
1: Multi touches. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you like, you think about it, if you're watching TV and let's say, uh, uh, Audi comes on with a car I mean you don't Audi doesn't need to build brand recognition like mm-hmm. everybody knows Audi mm-hmm. so they, they can stop same thing with uh, Coca-Cola there's nobody on the planet who's never heard of Coca-Cola but there needs to be a cadence people need to be reminded people need to be um, see people need to see these products or services or whatever it is you offer consistently To be reminded while they're scrolling through 300 feet of other stuff, right, in their feed. And some of it's related to what you do and some of it isn't. But, you know, everybody says, oh, that poor kid has ADD. We all have ADD. There's (laughs) so many distractions. In fact, that's one of the biggest reasons for, um, for failure is because we're focused on way too many big things at once. If you think about the example I like to use is New Year's resolutions. Mm -hmm. So let's say every New Year's, it's like, oh, I'm going to write a book and start a business and lose 20 pounds and fix my relationship and do this. So uh, in five days, you're overwhelmed and you are like, screw this. So you start eating cake, you get drunk and you uh, blow all your goals. And then next year, it's the same five New Year's resolutions. So Mm -hmm. why is that? It's because we're trying to tackle too many huge, massive things at once. And we really need to focus on one at a time. And then when we focus on that one at a time, it gets done at a high level. If we're focused on too many things, especially big things like that, it's impossible to write a really good book, start a business uh, and do everything that you want to do in your life all in a month. It's Mm -hmm. impossible. It's a big goal. So if we focus on one at a time, they eventually get done at a high level. And then in a year or two, you'll start seeing success versus trying to do them all at once and a week later giving up.
0: Yeah. No, and it feels like it comes down to those days where you are going to give up is kind of a pivotal moment because uh, Spencer Bruce is another guy that came on the podcast. He talked about this in his episode, but he said like, you're really just moving in one direction or the other almost every time, right? So it's like, if I choose to quit, on Thursday and not get up early and do a workout before I go to work or don't edit this podcast before I go to work. And then I have to do it the next day or I miss an upload or something like that. So like there's heavy consequences for that. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes to do it in the future, in my experience. So because of that, I've just noticed you are, really are moving in one direction or the other. And I'd much rather be moving in a direction of momentum than, than lack of momentum. Yeah.
1: So yeah. I mean, that's a great point.
0: Yeah. No, thank you. And I, I, I know you touched on a little bit, like stopping people from scrolling and trying to get them to really, you know, feel like they can connect with your content and and being in the coaching industry for 20 years, I'm, I'm assuming you found a few secrets, maybe that can help you uh, stop people from scrolling and, and get them to consume some of your content. And I don't know if you would be okay with sharing a couple of those for other coaches or people that are looking to get into things, because I'm currently studying to become a personal trainer right now. So exciting stuff.
1: Awesome. Yeah, Yeah, well, again, one thing that's really important, which I'm constantly learning is uh, copywriting. And it's there's a never an end to that, because Mm -hmm. things change a lot. But I mean, we want to be writing compelling copy, whatever it is that you do, it needs to be presented in a compelling way, something that sets you apart, because there's at least a million personal trainers. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a million uh business owners or there's a billion business owners out there trying to get their product seen. So we need to find a way to separate yourself from the pack. It doesn't mean that you can't do it, but if we have to now, And this is where sub niching comes in, right? Mm-hmm. So we need a sub niche, and they, you know I'm sure you know some of this. But if you're marketing to everybody, you're marketing to nobody. So if I say I'm a, I help business people do business, right? That's <laughs> not, it's not, you're not going to get very far, right? But if you say I help online entrepreneurs reach seven figures quickly, now you, you're, you're piquing some interest. You're like, yeah. wow, well, I have a business and I'm only doing five figures, maybe six, but I want to hit seven. How am I going to do that? So we need to find a way to uh, to pique people's interest. Once they do, then you grab them with your content. Like that's a header. You know, that's something that is really going to get them to think and hit them in their emotions. How do we hit them in their emotions or determine which emotions to hit? It usually comes down to finance and romance. And also, as you get a little bit older, health. So if you could talk about money, love or health those three things tend to stop people from scrolling because they're the most powerful things if you're talking about a football game and you're trying to build a, a coaching business on emotions yeah that's the right content right but if you're if you're trying to build a, a, an emotional coaching business post about something that uh, is gonna capture their emotions and post about you know uh, most how many people have credit card debt in the world you know if you say, Oh, are there? Are you suffering with uh, five-figure credit card debt? Here's how to get out of it. So everybody that's struggling with five-figure credit card debt is going to stop scrolling because they want to get out of credit card debt. Mm-hmm. So that's the type of content that we want to post. Now, uh, you're you're building a personal training business. Is that correct? Yep. Yes. So if I say weight loss, or if I say I do fitness, mm-hmm. right? Not scroll stopping. But if you say I do weight loss, now you have what? What's the their 70% obesity rate in the United States? Yeah. Now we're getting somewhere. What if you say I do weight loss for women? Now you have 35 million uh women that are gonna potentially stop and look at you. Mm-hmm. And what if you do I do uh, uh weight loss for postmenopausal women?
0: Mm-hmm. You know, now you
1: now you have a targeted niche, right? and now you're likely another example i like to use to piggyback on that is hashtags i know you know that let's do let's use um hashtag love if you do something like hashtag love i think there's about two billion hashtag loves on a daily basis yeah yeah so who's going to get seen for their when they write hashtag love in their post it's probably Probably the top ones right well jlo or ariana grande yeah yeah. kardashians somebody they're going to write hashtag love and they're going to be seen by the two billion people that are doing that Mm -hmm. but if you write hashtag love in cincinnati ohio now maybe there's only 200 people looking at that but you're going to be seen would you rather be seen by zero of the two billion people or by 200 people that might do business with you exactly That's how we do. We want to narrow our sub niche down. I mean, I would rather be seen by 200 people or a hundred of the 200 people, a hundred phone calls Mm -hmm. that would change life as a business owner. Honestly. Yeah,
0: no, for sure. And that's a really good point. Doing the arithmetic like that can really lay it out for you and and create a structure of what you need to do or, or a goal set even. So I think that it's really important to do that arithmetic a lot of times. And a lot of times people kind of base their Strategies and hopes on their feelings, and that doesn't often pan out well for them. So, um, very cool, very cool. Yeah, man. And I think it's true. A good point, too, where like you're saying, if you can get 100 of those 200 people in an everyday world scenario, that's only 50%. And in a lot of school scenarios, that's failing or whatever you'd like to look at it. So, I guess the goal isn't always to be like, 90 and zero or 90 and four but more so like 112 and 96 right like that's kind of what you're shooting for if you wanted to give it more of a sports analogy i guess again but yeah you know what i
1: mean yeah sure even if you you know as a business owner who's starting out uh you know when you look at conversion rates they're rather low i mean 90 percent is a it's a kind of an unrealistic conversion rate when you talk about Marketing and social media now, dude. You know, mm-hmm. if you have a fifty percent, sixty percent email open rate. That's I mean, that's really good. Yeah. You know, if you if you're posting on social media and interacting regularly, and you know, quote unquote, doing social media, you know, and you get one or two percent. Like that's pretty cool. So think about that. If you have a ticket, your item that's that's a thousand or two thousand, five thousand dollar client. You know, look at the lifetime value. What's the LTV of your client? If it, maybe it's ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So if you get two clients out of a post where you're being seen by a hundred of the two hundred people of hashtag love in Cincinnati, Ohio, mm-hmm. that's twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, and that's a that's less than one percent. That's half of one percent. So that's how you have to look at the metrics, and which is which leads to another point. Look at the metrics. Look at the numbers of what it is you're doing. Analyze the data of what you're doing and adjust accordingly. A lot of people don't do that. Uh, What you said was really important. Leading with your emotions, that is a killer of business. We can't do what we think is best or what we want our business to do to succeed. We have to solve their problem. What is it that our potential clients need to hear? That's what we need to do we don't need to do what we think is going to be best so we can sit margaritas on a beach. <laughs> yeah, We need to do what people are suffering from. We need to solve that problem. And then what are we going to try to do to do that? Let's analyze the data. Let's analyze the metrics of what we're doing to reach them and adjust accordingly. That's why what we said when we started, just start because there's no way you're going to know all those numbers until you start.
0: Yeah. And you're not going to know what strategies are going to work either, because to be a little bit cynical, the market doesn't give two craps. (laughs) I mean, to to your point, right? Like that, if I were to create the greatest ever program on how to draw a house, if there's not people that actually want to learn that, it doesn't matter how good the program is, (laughs) no one's going to buy it, right? So as long as you can be, I feel like in a market that's growing and find something like you said, that is really niched down to help a specific type of people within an existing problem, it's going to be really hard not to find business if you have a sustainable and 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 good model that's able to compete with people in the, in the space, right? So I think it's almost as important, if not more important, to find yourself in a good position within a good market, as opposed to having a good product or a good service.
1: Yeah, positioned in the market. Well, wow. I mean, focus on your competition. That's a, an, another Thing to really look. I mean, there's a whole list of things that we can't cover in a half hour here. <laughs> yeah. but look, look at what your competition is doing. Like never lose sight of them. Don't be jealous of them. Look at what they're doing. It's and, a rubric, right? Yeah. I mean, like yeah. look at what they're doing, which is working, and see how you can niche it down further. Because you know, Gary V has a multi, you know, a nine-figure business. And that yeah. someday maybe we'll get there. You know, Jeff Bezos has a what is it? 13 figure business. I, yeah, don't, it's I don't Crazy. Know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unfathomable. But started, yeah, yeah, but it started as a four-figure business. Mm-hmm. So we need to remember that. We need to get started. We don't know how it's gonna go, but we do need to get started before we can get there.
0: Yeah, and I don't I think people are also really consumed about you know how much they can make or how much market share they can have and stuff like that. And it's like you don't realistically need to take over, or dominate some market like these big guys to make an amount of life-changing money, right? Like I could make in the fitness industry in the next year to two years, I could be pulling in 10, 15, 20K a month. And that's like a good amount of money. It's really impressive. But that would be nowhere near even 1% of the market share of fitness, right? So as long as you can kind of, like you said, niche down, create the model that works for you and get something that functions you can change your own life. And then, you know, in effect, change other people's lives after you kind of get that your own cup full, I guess, right?
1: Yeah, really well said. And um, another thing to note is uh, that we really have to remember, this is the long game. Mm. This is not an overnight matter, or even an over year matter. So Another, i like, I like to be realistic and I want people to understand that that patience is an important part of business. You know, whenever I have a plan, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this and it's going to be ready in two weeks. So my new formula for waiting goes like this. If I think it's going to take whatever time I think it's going to take, I double it twice. <laughs> yeah. So if I yeah. think it's going to take a month, I'm going to double it twice. It's probably going to take four months. So let's just be realistic there. But let's go to goals for a second. Yeah. Uh, you you know, the number one goal most people talk about is money. I want more money. Well, who doesn't? Everybody wants more money. Mm-hmm. So I want to make a million dollars a year. Well, how much do you make now? Well, I make fifty thousand. All right. So first of all, you're probably not even qualified to make a million dollars a year. That's a right. lot of money. Yeah. Right. So we need to have qualifications. We need to have ability to run and scale a business and talk to people and grow and like we need to. We can't do that ourselves right away. I mean, there's a lot that goes into making a million dollars a year. But what if next year we can make a hundred thousand? Right, that's, that's still doubling. Double. That's yeah. doubling your income. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty good. We don't want to throw that million away. I'm not saying you're stupid. You're never gonna get there. We want to keep that on what I call an umbrella goal. So that's an umbrella goal. We leave that there. It's over the top. Let's leave it right there for now. It doesn't go away. It's just not our focus. Remember, focus? Mm-hmm. Not our focus right now. We're going to focus on where we are right now. So, if we can double our income, that's a hundred percent increase in our income. Even if we can get to 75,000 in one year, that's a 50% increase. Like, that's pretty great. Yeah. So, let's focus there. And then the following year, if we double that again, now we're getting to 200. Now we're building a business. Now we're qualified to run a million dollar business. You know, mm-hmm. things take time. So patience is a valuable skill to have, a valuable attribute to have for the entrepreneur because you're going to need it, I promise. Yeah. No, no, for sure. And I I
0: 100% agree with the long game statement as well because <clears throat> kind of like we were touching on before, like it's important not to just go for that one big, you know, thing or that one large venture that's really going to help you out or that one you know, big week of work that's gonna make you this much money, and then just stop. Like you said, like it's a really important to stay consistent and work <clears throat> um, on something that's gonna continue to level you up, and and so that you can learn things, but also continue to either make the money that you're making now, or if you're not satisfied with that, making steps to making just a little bit more. Um, there's a really cool influencer on LinkedIn. Oh, sorry, you can cut in just after this, <laughs> um, named Cody Sanchez, and she is uh, just a great. Uh, example of that because she said she the way she started was just like working for a corporate company and then eventually leveraging her salary and her position to get better salaries and better positions until she was making around two hundred fifty to three hundred thousand a year, which I would say is like essentially financially free for about anybody, right? Like once you're making that much money, you're probably good. So even though she hadn't even started any businesses yet, she was just doing that, she uh, she was, you know making plenty of money and 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 working a really cool job. so I think I think that long game, uh, example is really, really key.
1: Yeah, you work hard for your money, and then you let your money work for you. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's really how it works. We don't think of that when we're young, because we're hungry and excited, and we want to just get there. But what's important to do, and it's really simple, is just set the right expectations. Because when we don't set the right expectations, we let ourselves down. So if I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, well, let's look at some of these influential people on LinkedIn and or just even out in the world our mm-hmm. success. if i say i want to be like them in six months and i'm not now i'm disappointed yeah and now what happens is like everything i try to do like when we get little successes we get dopamine hits dopamine is that that pleasure sensor in our brain that trips when we do something exciting it makes mm-hmm. us feel good and makes us want to do more but if i'm constantly feeling less than if I'm constantly not hitting my goals or targets, and then I constantly feel disappointed in myself, I don't get any any dopamine hits. And I start feeling like shit because I'm like, I'm not getting anywhere. And so that decreases my motivation. So then I end up stuck in my job that I hate sitting in traffic and going there. We need to set the right expectations about what it's going to take to get there and then continue to take steps along the way. Those small steps that you take if you're just starting out on social media and you get 10 people to like your stuff, like that's the when you start doing that and you get those little five to 10 likes on your stuff, those are that's exciting when it mm-hmm. starts. But if you think of it as like, oh, I didn't get a, a thousand likes, well, now you're disappointed. So you're not going to appreciate what you do have and you're going to stop working. So right. set the expectations properly and then you'll get where you want to go
0: yeah those micro decisions will really pay off and in, in the macro a year to two later when you're building that momentum and the network's growing and you're making more money and all of those things but in order to get that going you really need to make sure that you're setting yourself up well i love it well again that, that is all the time that we have unfortunately today uh dennis but, but it was really sweet having you on and i i appreciate all the value that you were able to give to the audience just because of um all of your experience and again if, if people would like to connect with Dennis Barry, he's he's popping off on LinkedIn, and he has that coaching program with links, all sorts of links that will be um, in the show notes as
1: well. So, any final notes for you? Uh, no, I mean just continue to grow. You know, continue do, go after your dreams. Nobody's gonna give them to you. You know, the you hear about people that inherit money and all, all that. It's a very small percentage, right? Uh, and the the big success stories that we hear overnight, they happen, but it's it's very rare. Like put your seatbelt on, strap in, get started and enjoy the ride.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Young Blooded Podcast. Now that we are on season two, there is an active newsletter along with a bunch of other giveaways and challenges. This will be happening on my LinkedIn page, which will be linked to the top of every episode for the foreseeable future. Money in your 20s is knowledge for life.